0: Hello, everybody out there. My name is Brian Wright, co-host of the Dr. Diamond Club podcast, national keynote speaker and CEO of New Patient Group. And what we're going to do today is analyze a mystery call. The first thing we're going to do is actually play the call in its entirety. Then we're going to go back and we're going to pause that call several times during a playback and we're going to break down an analysis of what your staff should be doing on the telephones. It's what we teach our clientele and it's something that you should be able to take back and really help your people on the phones. We're going to go over a multitude of high level stuff. We're going to talk about some serious commercial, business, marketing, consumer psychology stuff on the phones today when we break down as part of the analysis. Should be great stuff. We're going to be doing this on an ongoing basis. This is actually the first time we've done this as part of a podcast. And we're going to keep doing these on an ongoing basis. Occasionally one of the podcasts will be just information on how you can improve the telephone as well as a discussion ...of all the problems that go on with the phones throughout every healthcare practice. And it's not just the one you're going to hear on this particular call. These are issues that affect every single practice in existence. And the reason for that is healthcare professionals, the receptionists, do not come with commercial-level skill sets. doesn't mean that it can't be installed in them. It absolutely can with high-level training on an ongoing basis but sales fundamentals, customer service, understanding how to stay in control, understanding not to bring up things unless you have to, the list goes on and on. Those skill sets are not installed in receptionists in healthcare. So regardless of how well or how poorly your practice is doing, this affects every single practice in existence. Oftentimes, it actually affects the ones that are doing better more than the ones that are doing worse. And the reason being is, is the ones that are doing better usually have much higher incoming call volume. So therefore, their lost conversions are almost always higher than a practice that's doing poorly that may not even have incoming call volume to begin with. And the doctors, if you're listening, if you're a doctor that thinks this is not happening on your telephones, then you are fooling yourself and you are also losing thousands of dollars a month via lost opportunities for your whole career. And not just on the phones, because the phones are an easy way to show people the lost opportunity. If there was a way to mystery call the financial presentation, the customer service, overcoming objections, handling complaints, patient experience, how the hygienists talk inside a GP practice, how the doctors talk about the clinical needs of a patient, which is commercial, not clinical. It's how you're verbalizing it. There's hundreds of examples that occur every single day that you can't mystery call. So therefore, it's harder to pinpoint all of the lost opportunities. But what you'll hear on this call today, especially with the analysis, that is happening via every aspect of your practice every single day. And the mystery call is just the easiest way to show it full front and center. So let's go ahead. We're going to break down this call after you hear it first. Let's go ahead and get started.
1: Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Bye. Um, I- like routine cleanings? If I'm a new patient, I've never been to your office before? Yes, your first initial visit
2: would be with a doctor. It would be about a 70-minute appointment or so. Um, They would do some off series of x-rays and a comprehensive exam. Then you can schedule hygiene from that point.
1: Okay, that sounds good. Um, if I have Blue Cross Blue Shield insurance, Mm -hmm. do do you guys take that or do I- We do. something else. Um, what all do I need to do if, I, if I'm a first-time visit? I haven't been to the dentist in probably five years.
2: Okay. Um, nothing, actually. Just, you know, I will call and get a breakdown of your benefits through Blue Cross Blue Shield so that I have that um, before your first appointment. We would have you come in probably about 20 minutes early or so to fill out new patient paperwork. Okay. Got it. Okay. Well,
1: that sounds good.
2: Okay. Um, I will get some information from you um, to get you set up on our system here. What does your schedule look like? Is there a certain day or time that works better for you?
1: Um, probably, I'm trying to think here, if I do some volunteer work in the morning, probably any time after 11.30. Okay. Let's see what
2: So we're probably looking at an afternoon. Then, so let's see. <clears throat> um, Monday next Monday, March nineteenth, two ten. So, and you said, how long does it take? Over an hour? Yeah, a little bit 70 minutes or so. Yeah, so just over an hour. You know what? Can we do it? Is there any, another day that might be a little bit earlier so I can get my kids out of or from school on time? Sure. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, Tuesday, March 20th, that has um, an opening at 1 o'clock. Okay, let's do that one. If that would work, okay. Let me... Get some information from you. Okay. Okay, what's your first name? Allison, A-L-L.
1: Okay, last name? Petacek, T-I-T-A-C-E-K.
2: T-E-A-T-E-K.
1: Did you say T as in Paul
2: for the first letter? Yeah. Okay. That. No, that's okay. Um, what's the phone number for you? 42. Okay.
1: 960.
2: Okay. 8762. 8762. Perfect. And you said it's been approximately about five years since you've been to dentist or
1: so? And it could be longer than that, yes. However, I've never had a cavity. That's nice. Oh, I know. So that's a good thing. Right, yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, Allison, awesome. what's your date of birth? Uh, birth? 5-4-77. Okay. Alright, and you said you have dental insurance. Are you the primary subscriber?
1: No, my husband is.
2: Okay, what's your husband's first name?
1: Um, Thomas, or Tom, P-O-M. Okay.
2: And is he his employer? Yes. Okay, and who's the employer?
1: Uh, he commutes to the med center every day, so the university, UNMC. Okay.
2: And you said it was Blue Cross Blue Shield that I Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Did you happen to have that card on you? You know, what, we only have one card, and at the time, I think it's in his wallet. Okay. Um, if
2: you could call me back with the ID number on there, then that way I can call and get a breakdown of your benefits ahead of time. Okay. That that's... would be great. Um, what is Tom's date of birth?
1: 4. Okay. 22.
2: Okay. 76. Seven perfect, all right. Okay, Allison, so I have you in for Tuesday, March 20th at one o'clock. If you could show up maybe about 15, 20 minutes beforehand, we will have some paperwork for you to fill out. Okay. Um, also, if you could give me a call back um, with that ID number, off of the insurance card, that would be great. Perfect. Okay, awesome, so we will see you on Tuesday the 20th.
0: Okay, guys, now let's go back and break this down. I want to go over a few things here, and it's something, you know, it's our job to really paint that image uh, in our clientele's mind of how different you need to be in today's competitive marketplace. And some of the things I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, I'm going to be very straightforward uh, because I want to paint that picture and get you guys to go, hmm, okay, I haven't thought about that before. And... First off, remember that our minds work in images. Every single word you say to a patient throughout your entire career, whether it be about their clinical needs or something else, their brain takes that content and immediately is flipping it into photos. Every word that I'm saying to you right now, your brain is doing the same thing. And every word that your receptionist says to that consumer who knows nothing about you is the same way. So therefore, what is the image that you as executives, you guys running your organization, want the consumer and the community to picture in their head about you and take that image and ask yourself, does every single word that comes out of your staff's mouth every single day help build that image or does it deter from that image or just do nothing at all, which really nothing at all means it's, it's, it's taking away from what you want the consumer to see. And I want you to have that in your mind throughout this call, because something that is very difficult for healthcare professionals, I don't know why, but it's one of the most difficult things to train them on, is to brag about the organization they work for, to say how great the doctors are, how great they are, how great the staff is, just the organization in general. So I want to, as we go through and I play this, I am going to do it the way that we want it done. And it is a significant difference because remember right now there isn't one thing after that call that separates you from anybody else in the community. Remember, you could be the best clinician on the planet, but the consumer doesn't know until you until they get in there and you actually do treatment on them. So that's why the person down the street may be the worst clinician on the planet, but if their people are verbalizing things in a way that paints the image of greatness inside the consumer mind, you're going to lose to that practice no matter how good clinically you are. So let's go ahead and play this back now.
1: Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, my phone kind of cut out on me. I'm so sorry about that. Hi, I was wondering, do you guys do like routine cleanings if I'm a new patient and-
0: Sure, absolutely we do cleanings. Our hygienists are fabulous, and you're really going to get a fabulous cleaning. We're very thorough here. It's one of the reasons why we get so many referrals throughout the community. Where did you hear about us? That's what we're looking for, okay? Totally different because you are now building the image inside the consumer mind immediately, right away. You're starting that value proposition about why you're the place to be. You have to assume that every new patient that calls you is shopping, and you've got to give them a reason on why you're the best in the business, other than something clinical. It's got to be speaking the consumer language from a commercial perspective. Instead, we get this. never been to
1: your office before?
2: Yes. Your first initial visit would be with a doctor. It would be by a 70-minute appointment or so. Um, They would do some off series of x-rays and a comprehensive exam. Then you can schedule hygiene
0: from that point. And again, in this, I'm being brutally honest. To the consumer, that's blah, 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 blah. It's no value proposition. Every practice says what she just said. Yeah, it's going to be a 60, 70-minute appointment. You're going to meet with the doctor, take some x-rays, blah, 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 blah. All right, standard stuff. It doesn't get anybody excited. See, you're not a business where people wake up in the morning going, Yay, I get to go to the dentist today. But you can be if your staff knows how to articulate it in a way that gets the consumer at least excited and getting off the phone going, Whoa, that was really different than what I've experienced before on the phone with any practice, for that matter, dentistry or outside of dentistry. So, so far, 50 seconds into this call, Literally, there's no value proposition, and you don't need to discuss the length of the appointment unless they ask, because if they don't ask, they don't care, because the length of the appointment is not going to increase your chances of scheduling them. It will only decrease your chances of scheduling them, so there's no need to bring it up unless that consumer says, how long is the appointment? Then that's a different story, but until they do, you don't need to bring it up.
1: Okay, that sounds good. Uh Um. have Blue Cross Blue Shield insurance. Mm -hmm. Do do you guys
0: take that or do I... We do. So she interrupted her there, and that's something that is extremely... Look, we're taught to think, act, speak, write, talk, etc. We're not taught to listen. And it's a real problem with receptionists in all professions for that matter, but especially in healthcare, is interrupting people when they're talking. It's difficult not to, but you really have to sit back Relax and listen to the words that are coming out of the consumer's mind and then turn around and use them against them in a positive way, of course. And I'll give you some examples on how you can do that. But that was an interruption. Now, imagine if that consumer says, you guys take Blue Cross Blue Shield. And the response is this. Absolutely, we take that insurance. Our insurance expert, Betty, or you know whoever the name is that handles insurance, our insurance expert, Betty, is going to take great care of you. She's going to make sure your benefits are verified. And we do that prior to you even coming in because it's going to ensure that you receive the best experience uh, when you're with us because we want you to be a patient for life here, okay? We have a Tuesday or Thursday available, which works better for you. That's how that has to go. That's what we're trying to get to and take your staff. And there's got to be accountability, role plays, training, uh, and an expectation from you guys that your people are great. Because if your people are talking for every aspect of your practice, but if your people are talking, how I'm giving ex- role play examples here, you will destroy everybody in your community because nobody talks that way. It's what the consumer is looking for, but nobody or very few people for that matter in healthcare actually give it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. um, and you notice here is, is this pause. See, right now, your receptionist just gave up control. And then now you see the way this call's going. Consumer asks the question, your receptionist answers it. Consumer asks the question, your receptionist answers it. How do you flip that? to where you're asking the question, consumer answers it. You're asking the question, consumer answers it, meaning that you're walking the consumer down a path to your success every single time they call your practice while giving them a five-star customer service experience at the same time. And the way you do that is exactly like some of the examples I gave. In the first value proposition that I did, noticed I said, where did you hear about us at the end of it? causing the consumer to answer my question. Then I got to talk again, right? In the second one, I finished it with a dual close, either Tuesday or Thursday, which works better for you, okay? In that way, you remain in control.
1: i ask you something else. Um, what all do I need to do if, I, if I'm a first-time dentist? I haven't been to the dentist in probably five years.
0: Well, so glad that you're choosing us to come in and see. You know, it's, it's about time you come to the dentist and we're going to give you a fabulous experience. So you keep coming back. There's nothing you need to do. We come in. We're going to give you what we call our VIP new patient experience. It's very different than what you've, you've probably been used to in healthcare. We're going to treat you like a rock star. Uh, we're going to help you fill out your paperwork. Uh, we're going to take you on a tour of the office. You're going to meet the staff. We're going to go through some really cool things. It's going to be pain free Tuesday or Thursday, which works better for you. See, all of that again, is building the value proposition, which means it's building images inside the brain of, okay, this place is pretty cool, okay, pain-free, uh, you know, sounds like a happy place, sounds like they're excited, sounds like it's the place to be, right? They sound proud of their organization, they're proud of the doctors, they're proud of their team members, and you're building all of that constantly with every word that comes out of your mouth.
2: Okay. Um, nothing, actually. Just, you know, I will call and get a breakdown of your benefits through Blue Cross Blue Shield. So that I have that um, before your first appointment. We would have you come in probably about 20 minutes earlier.
0: Just a quick point. So I'm going to call and verify your benefits with Blue Cross or... We're going to get our insurance expert to verify your benefits in order to give you the best patient experience when you come in here because we want to make sure everything's verified and seamless for you, nice and easy because we want to respect your time, Tuesday or Thursday, which works better for you. It's the same thing. She said the exact same thing I just did. However, I verbalized it in a way that's going to get people, it's a five-star customer service experience. And it's all done through verbiage. That's why verbiage is the number one way to grow any business. It's why there's the top 1% and there's everybody else. The top 1% f- make sure their are people talking in a way that nobody else does. That's what we're trying to accomplish with everything inside the practice environment. Not just the phones, but obviously it starts there. So you're taking something that's otherwise blah, you're going you're gonna to validate my benefits, who cares, and you're actually going to turn it into something that sounds like a great experience on behalf of that consumer. To
2: fill out new patient paperwork. Okay.
0: Which, by the way, now you're painting the picture of, oh God, I got to come in and fill out paperwork. The consumers hate that, can't stand it, which is why we have our VIP interview as part of the new patient experience you fill out the paperwork on their behalf in an interview setting. And by the way, it actually goes quicker doing it that way. But it also is one more thing that you're taking away that the consumers can't stand about a healthcare environment. Here comes a clipboard. I'm going to fill out my paperwork. I'm going to be lucky to get in within 15, 20 minutes after my appointment time. Blah, 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 blah. As opposed to constantly giving them talking points throughout the entire portion From the time they called you, to the dead time in between before they show up, to everything that goes on once they're there. And then what happens after? All of it has to be a talking point to get them to go, whoa, I want to buy from these people. I want to refer to these people. I want to be a part of this operation for life. And it all goes back to how your people talk. And how you guys talk as well with with the consumer, with the patient that's that's inside your practice. It's all about verbiage. Got it. Okay. Well, that
1: sounds good. Okay. Um, I
2: will get some information from you um, to get you set up on our system here. What does your schedule look like?
0: So remember, it's not what does your schedule look like, and here's why. The definition of customer service... Picture customer service in your mind for a minute, and I'm going to help try to build this image. There's very few companies that accomplish what I'm about to describe to you. Customer service is not giving your clientele, in this case, your potential patient, whatever it is they want. That is not customer service. It's a huge mistake and misunderstanding. Customer service is you as a business. This goes for any business regardless of profession. You as a business getting whatever you want from your clientele while your ki- while your clientele believes they are getting whatever they want from you. That is the definition of customer service. And you sit there, you go, how does that happen? How do we get what we want? And the patient, the consumer get what they want. How do we do that? And the answer is with verbiage. It's not what works for you, when can we get you scheduled? It's you pick the two best days that work for you as a practice. And those are the days you offer first. It doesn't mean that that's what you're going to end up putting them on. But those are the days you start with. So that way, before the phone even rings, it should be known that if it's a new patient, I'm going to dual close these people on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Monday and Thursday, whatever it may be. So it's, I'm going to go ahead and get you a schedule. I can't wait to see you. We have a Monday or Tuesday available. Which one of those works best for you? That's how that is. Because now you're giving choices. So the consumer gets the pick and they believe they're getting options which benefit them. Meanwhile, the only two options you're providing... Or what actually benefits you as an organization. And that's how you control your schedule. It's why so many schedules are a mess inside of healthcare. And I'm not saying you guys' schedule is a mess. I'm just saying very rarely does a practice go, yeah, we're happy with our schedule. And there's not a scheduling template on the planet that can solve verbiage skills not being at the level they should be from a telephone perspective because that person is in control of your schedule. So they have to dual close... What works best for you? Tuesday or Thursday? Let's go a Thursday. Okay, morning or afternoon that Thursday? Let's do a morning. Okay, have an 8.30 or a 10 available. What do you prefer? That's how that's got to go. Again, walking them down a path to your success instead of the consumer doing it to you guys.
2: certain day or time that works better for you? Um...
0: That also confuses people because now you're thinking, I mean, there's a lot of days and time, so if you're able to narrow it down for them, it actually is more efficient and it actually helps them because if you say what works for you, a lot of people, you ask me that question, good luck getting an answer. Well, I need to go back. I got to check my schedule and blah, 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 blah. It changes daily. You need to narrow it down the choices for me. Consumers are easily confused. They have a lot going on. So the more you can narrow it down in a psychology-oriented way, the better.
1: I'm trying to think here. If I do some volunteer work in the morning, probably any time after 1130.
0: Okay. Rapport. Using words against the patient. Remember I brought that up. And it sounds kind of mean, but that's not what it is. You're doing it in a good way. Meaning. That consumer just said she does volunteer work, okay? There's a consumer psychology principle of liking. People want to do business with those that they like. Now, it sounds common sense. However, it is science. So that's where your people have to truly listen and have the people skills and build rapport, meaning that that person, again, just said she does charity work. So when you have the opportunity, you've got to jump in, and say, that's really cool that you do charity work. I have a lot of respect for that, and I'm really proud that you're going to be a patient here because I just obviously you're a great person if you do that. What, what kind of charity work do you do? See, you've got to build the rapport with somebody who knows nothing about you because, again, it's doing something that nobody else is going to do. Let people out there, eh, we're going to go do billboard ads and postcards and all this other stuff that does not grow a business. Meanwhile, their people on the phone can't articulate one ounce of value on why that consumer should actually come see them. And that's the difference between the inside-out approach and the outside-in approach. The outside-in approach does not work. So if your people are able to talk right, and then you go out and do outside advertising, you blow up. So that's really cool that you do charity work. Can't wait to see you as a patient here, man. That, that's a real honor to have somebody that's willing to do charity work come in and see us. You know, Tuesday or Thursday, which works better for you? Okay, you've got to be able to use their words to your advantage. Let's see. Next? Okay, to see. This dead time, this downtime right now. The receptionist could be using that time while she's, this is a great, great trick that the best of the best of receptionists use. See, right now you can tell she's fumbling. Any consumer can tell. The the image that the consumer has right now is she's looking on her calendar, her schedule over there trying to find something. She's a little bit confused, which is also why those times, if you dictate them to the consumer, you should know them before you even get on the call with them. But right now, while she's looking, she should be having that conversation with the patient of tell me more about the charity work you're doing. And see, that's the beauty of it because you're building the rapport. You're building the liking. The consumer feels engaged and connected with you. Meanwhile, the reason you're doing it other than the obvious of yeah, you do want to build rapport, not just to close them, but just because that's just the right and good thing to do, but meanwhile the real reason you're doing it is is giving you time to look in your calendar, your schedule. So the consumer never knows you're over there messing with it. But if you're doing it the way she's doing it, the consumer's sitting there going, "Come on, let's go. What's the problem? You don't know your schedule?" So it's got to be just like that, and if it's not, You've got to be able to have filler language that creates a nice conversation based off of the words that patient, that consumer, has been talking about on the phone.
2: So probably looking at an afternoon. Then, so let's see.
0: This is something we really need to get corrected. She, She needs to be able, again, to give these two options and go right on to the data capture next so she needs to know these options before the phones even ring. Um,
1: Monday, next Monday, March nineteenth, done opening at two ten. Oh, and you said, How long does it take? Over an hour?
0: So whenever she came back with that, if you're gonna do the one option, it's gotta be oh awesome. You get to see Doctor He is amazing, great clinician, really cool guy. This guy is awesome. So I'm going to put you down on a Monday at 2.30, your first and last name, please, and you roll right into it. No breaks, no pauses, remain in control while bragging, okay, while bragging about the doctor.
2: Yeah, we're around 70 minutes or so. Yeah, so just over an hour. You know what,
0: can we? That question doesn't come up if your receptionist didn't bring it up in the beginning of the call. So remember I talked to you about the image in your mind. We're three minutes into this call. Okay. What image does this consumer think about your practice? Think about that for a second. Literally not one added value has been talked about on this call that separates you from any other practice on the planet that they have called prior or could call after you. Not one thing. And that's the beauty of... Of the verbiage skills and what it can or cannot do for you. If you don't use them, it's not going to do much for you. But if you use them, and you're able to build that image, that image spreads in the community. It spreads like hotcakes.
1: Is there any another day that might be a little bit earlier so I can get my kids out of, or from school on time? Sure. Sorry.
0: No,
2: that's okay. Um, Tuesday, March 20th, that has um, an opening at one o'clock.
0: Instead of that, it's, oh, yeah, we have March 20th. Looking at that, it's Dr. She's awesome, too. She's really cool, man. I'm really proud to be an employee here. Just all the doctors are amazing, but she's great. It's a 2 o'clock. It's a 2 o'clock. I'm going to go ahead and put you down there. that will give you time to get your kids out of school. We'll give you a great experience. Your first and last name, please. See, again, imagine all of the stuff I've been talking about wrapped into one phone call. You're going to blow these people away in a very good way.
1: information
2: from you. Okay. Okay,
1: what's your first name? Allison, A-L-L. Okay, last name? Patacic,
0: T-I-C-A-C-E-K. T-I-C-A-C-E-K. I like how she didn't ask a yes-no question. She didn't say, can I have your name? She said, I'm going to get information from you. Your first and last name, please. That's how that needs to be. Good job. Did
2: you say, for the first letter, yes. Okay. That. No, that's okay. Um, what's a good phone number for you?
1: I'm going to give you my cell. It's always on. It's 402. 402- okay. 960. 960-
0: okay. 8762. 8762- I highly suggest attempting to get two call two numbers. So instead of what's a good phone number for you, it's your two best contact phone numbers, please. Please at the end of it again, five star customer service. And the reason being is is the Collection Law League of America has stats, and it's basically for every additional piece of information you have of a patient. Uh, it just increases your, your collection statistics. Uh, it also increases the chances they show up at a higher level uh, when they have never been there before. Uh, it doesn't mean they're going to give it. matter of fact, probably the vast majority of the time you're only going to get one, but there's nothing wrong with at least attempting to get two. She's doing a good job on this part, though, because she's not asking yes-no questions. She's basically dictating what's going to happen, and I like that. Six,
2: two, perfect. And you said it's been approximately about five years since you've been to the dentist or so? And
1: it could be longer than that yes. However, I've never had a cavity. That's nice. Oh, I know. So that's a
2: good thing. Right, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Allison, what's your date of birth? Uh,
1: 5, 4, 77. okay.
0: Now, if you need that for insurance verification, that's fine. Otherwise, you shouldn't even ask the question. Your receptionist job is to provide a five-star customer service experience, blowing the consumer away on the phone with value verbiage to build the proper image and schedule them and get the heck off the phone, meaning only collect the data you are required to get to get them onto the books. In addition, the data that helps your business, meaning you've got to find out where this person heard about you and you've got to do it on the front end of the call, not the back end, because you risk losing them.
2: All right, and you said you have dental insurance. Are you the primary subscriber?
1: No, my husband is.
2: Okay, what's your husband's first name? Um, Thomas, or
1: Tom, C-O-M.
2: Employer? Yes. Okay. who's so the employer?
1: Uh, he commutes
2: to the med center every day, so the university, UNMC. Okay. And you said it was Blue Cross Blue Shield care Yes. Okay.
1: Did you happen to have that card on you? You know what? We only have one card, and at the time I think it's in his wallet. Okay.
2: Um, if you could call me back with the ID number on there, then that way I can call and get a breakdown of your benefits ahead of time. Perfect. That would up. be great. Um, what is...
0: And just reword it. Go ahead and give me a call later, and that way we'll get your insurance verified. And again, that's going to streamline the process, ensuring you get the best experience. Right? right, it's got to be verbalized what benefits them, and constantly, again, painting the image of that five-star customer service that nobody else is going to offer them.
2: Um, state of birth.
1: Four. Okay. Twenty-two. Okay. Seven-six.
2: Okay, Allison, so I have you in then for Tuesday, March 20th at 1 o'clock with us. If you could show up maybe about 15, 20 minutes beforehand, we will have some paperwork for you
0: to fill out. That sounds like a great experience. And again, not a criticism. It's just I want to paint this picture in your mind of what you're building in the consumer mind. Oh, great. I'm going to get there early. Got to fill out this paperwork. Everybody does that. It's what everybody says, which is why we teach not to say it. What if she said... We have you down for two thirty with you know Doctor so and so, and boy, wait till you come in here and see what kind of experience you get. We're gonna greet you right away. We're gonna be very, very cognizant of your time. We don't want you sitting out in the waiting room. We're gonna show you around, you know, show you and introduce you our staff, some of the doctors. We're gonna help you fill out your paperwork. See, and that's just an example of a million different ways to say it. But see, so much different than please show up 15 or 20 minutes before so you can fill out paperwork. I mean, a night and day is basically what they're going to do, you know, where you say, look, go ahead and come in 15, 20 minutes early. We're going to help you fill out your paperwork. Uh, you know, we're going to show you around that way you can get familiar with us. We get familiar with you because we want you to be a part of our dental family forever. So you're going to really enjoy yourself. And that's what we're striving to get to. Now, two more points I would like to make, and then we're going to wrap it up for today. Thanks for listening. Is one, the email address of this patient was not gathered. And that's something that your receptionist, so your receptionist has the most important position in the practice. Oftentimes, the receptionist position is the lowest paid and the least trained. And it's the single most important position inside the practice environment. Any practice environment. So this receptionist did not gather the email address. So how can you send a nice welcome email? How can you put together something that goes out digitally to them that separates you from everybody else? The other part of it that they never captured is arguably the most important piece of the entire phone call, and it's where did you hear about us? Your business, and this happens all the time. The practices that actually do ask, usually do it at the end, which you risk losing the patient before you're able to ask. Most practices don't even ask. So meanwhile, you as a doctor are operating blind because you don't know what marketing's working, what marketing isn't. Well, can't we just ask them when they come in, Brian? Well, yeah, good luck. If they actually show up, what if they don't show up? In addition is, if you ask them on the front end of the call, you're utilizing that as a transition That puts you in control of the conversation, control of the call to where you lead them down the path because you're asking the questions and they're answering as opposed to the other way around. You have to find out where people are hearing about you, but you have to do it in a transitional phase that puts you in control of the call. So this call, and this is an epidemic in healthcare, it's not a criticism, it's just the fact is... Is that you have a group of people inside the practice environment doing commercial, consumer, marketing, business items without the training to do it. Or they've got the training from a former healthcare professional turned consultant that teaches it the exact same way healthcare's done it for the last 100 years. You have to be different. You have to install commercial expertise into your practice at every level. At every level. Because there's hundreds of these lost opportunities that happen every single day inside the practice. We're very passionate about it. Because being consumer business marketing executives that know healthcare, we see it when oftentimes the people within the practice don't see that they're losing so much money every single day, week, month, year of their career. So combine all this together and hold your staff accountable. That's the other thing. Regardless of what consultant you use, what idea you want to implement, there's one way to make it work, really two. Accountability, there has to be an adult in the practice. You have to block time every week to meet and work on these things with your staff. You blocking time on the schedule does not hurt your production. It helps it. So if you're the one that, yeah, we've got to smack patients all day, every day into the schedule, that's production. No. Production is how much time you invest in role-playing and making sure your staff is great. That's production. Therefore, when you guys are with your patients, you blow up because you close them higher than your competition. Gotta invest in your team. The other one's consistency. This kind of skill set does not happen flying your team to a three-day workshop facility somewhere across the country. It doesn't work that way. That's not the way life works in general, but it's not the way humans work. This kind of training is on an ongoing basis. It's an ongoing pursuit of perfection. Customer service, sales fundamentals, accountability, leadership, motivation, overcoming objections, hundreds of other examples is an ongoing skill set and an ongoing training. Thanks for listening today, guys. Hope you got a lot out of this. Take as much of it as you can. Get that back to your receptionist. Role play, role play, role play. It's the ultimate internal marketing. Remember, marketing, anything that can have a direct or indirect impact on how somebody perceives your business is marketing. So therefore, everything is marketing. And when you look at it that way, when you're role-playing with your staff, you are doing the ultimate advertising campaign. That is the ultimate return on investment that any marketing will ever bring your organization, is investing and role-playing with your staff, and then holding them accountable for doing it at high levels. The ultimate marketing campaign is your people is your people. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you at the next podcast. Bye-bye.